I'm James Bryan Smith. Welcome to the Things About Podcast. You're listening to episode 125. Today's thought from above is this. Kingdom obedience leads to kingdom abundance. If you missed the pilot episode or this is your first time listening, this is a podcast for what we call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above. That's where the name of the podcast comes from, from Colossians 3, 1 and 2, where Paul encourages us to set our minds on things above. Setting our minds on good, beautiful, and true thoughts, on uplifting, encouraging, life-giving, biblically-based thoughts from above is not easy. And that is why we do this podcast, to provide for you in each episode a thought from above that you can dwell upon so that your heart will be warmed and you will become an epiphany of grace. There's an old adage that goes like this. All preachers have only one message. They just give it in different ways and kind of variations on a theme. I think that's true of me, actually. I am and have always been a grace preacher. (laughs) I've preached and taught and written on the love of God since I started preaching and teaching and writing over 30 years ago. Recently at my 60th birthday party, my wife Megan did something I was not very happy about. She asked, all of the guests to say a few words about what they appreciated about me. And I've always thought that singing happy birthday is about the most uncomfortable 30 seconds of the year, but having people actually talk about you is, for me anyway, much worse. But people were kind, and one friend, Gary, he's a retired colonel, he simply said, Jim was the first person to teach me about grace. He got a little choked up when he said this, and coming from a tough guy like the colonel, well, we all got a little choked up. But I was really, really grateful for what he said, and I own that. I am so glad that God made me a troubadour for his message of love and grace and forgiveness. I really do have one consistent message, that you are loved, you are forgiven, you are cherished, you are desired by the God who made you. That you're loved by God just as you are, not as you should be, because you're never going to be as you should be, but that doesn't stop God from loving you. That alone is a freeing message. It was for me when I discovered it, and I've been blessed to see it set many people free. But if you misunderstand the fullness of grace, then it can actually become paralyzing. I've met many people who have been not only set free by grace, but paralyzed by grace. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, if we only see grace, or if we only define grace as unmerited love and forgiveness, If that's the only way we see it, then we might be tempted to believe that God not only loves us as we are, but is happy for us to stay as we are, even in our sins. That's why I'm careful to define grace as, quote, God's action in our lives to do what we cannot do by direct effort. Let me repeat that. Grace is God's action in our lives to do what we cannot do by direct effort. And there's a lot of things we can't do by direct effort. We can't certainly merit God's love. We can't earn our forgiveness. And those are crucial things that we need. Those are acts of grace on the part of God. We need to know that we're loved and forgiven because we simply cannot find peace and joy and rest without them. And without them, we will live in fear and despair. 
And how do we access this kind of grace? That's the question. Well, by accepting our acceptance. It's really that simple. That kind of grace, the grace that is expressed in love and forgiveness, that kind of grace is accessed when we say, I accept that. It's very simple, but it's also very hard because we live in a world where we have to earn our love. We live in a culture of rejection. So the idea that we're loved as we are, that we're forgiven for all that we've done, now that's not easy. We actually need grace to be able to accept our acceptance. But when we do, when that reality becomes clear to us, we, like John Wesley, will find our hearts strangely warmed. So grace really is amazing. But there's more to grace than just unmerited love and forgiveness. Remember, God's grace is God's action in our lives to do what we cannot do by direct effort. Back in episode 123, I spoke about a vision for our lives. I was encouraging you to get a vision for a life of joy and peace, but also a life of power and freedom from sin and from worry, because your soul, as I explained, longs to be a truly good person. I know that I long for the fruit of the Spirit in my life. I want to be a person who not only is loved and forgiven, but a person who loves and forgives. I want to have joy and peace and patience, and that's not easy. I want to be kind. I want to be good. I want to be gentle. I want to be meek, and I want to have self-control. All of the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And Paul calls them the fruit of the Spirit, meaning you can't manufacture them. You and I just, we don't have the power to create those. We need, what do we need? We need grace, God's action, to make the fruit of the Spirit emerge in our lives. So, just as we accessed grace to experience God's love by accepting our acceptance, we access this kind of grace, this grace to grow in character by obedience. That is the key way, the key means of accessing this kind of grace. Obedience. Kingdom abundance, as Dallas Willard used to like to say, is accessed by kingdom obedience. Now, what does that look like? Well, let me try to explain it in really simple terms. So, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Let your yes be yes and your no be no which was a way of saying, just tell the truth, plain, unvarnished truth. And we all know that when we see it and we love it, and we, at least I, aspire to be that kind of person. But I also know that sometimes telling the truth can be hard. You may have heard the old joke about the little girl in Sunday school who was asked by her teacher, what is a lie? And she said, a lie is an abomination unto the Lord and a very present help in times of trouble. It's pretty funny. Every day we're challenged to tell the truth in a plain way, and sometimes it's difficult. We often lie to avoid something. For example, admitting that we did something wrong may lead to a consequence or to gain something when we stretch the truth in order to get someone to think or believe something. But in the kingdom of God, we don't need to lie. In the kingdom of God, we can speak the truth in love, of course, as Paul said, never to be mean. We can speak the truth and trust that God will be with us. And here's a statistic I found fascinating. 
they asked all of these HR directors about resumes that come through. And they said as much as 25% of all resumes people give when applying for a job contain, quote, gross misinformation. Gross misinformation does not mean a minor error, such as the wrong date you attended a certain college, but rather that the person ever attended that college at all. Now, why does this happen? Why would someone put on their resume this kind of gross misinformation? Well, as I said, people lie to gain something. But in the kingdom of God, we can let go of this very present help because we know that God has us, that God will help us get what we need when we need it, and we will never, ever need to lie. That's obedience. Now, the word obedience comes from the Latin word audir, which means to hear. So as apprentices of Jesus, we hear his words, not just the written words in the Gospels, but the words of Jesus, our ever-present Lord and friend each day, and then we act on them. Because hearing and doing were Jesus' constant refrain. He who hears my word and does them, he would say. We hear his word and we do them. That is obedience. And that is how we access grace. We access grace by obedience. Because if I do not obey Jesus' teachings, I cannot count on his action, his power, his provision. Not because he's mad, but because I've not given Jesus a chance. When I do something like lying, I'm taking matters into my own hands. I'm living in the kingdom of Jim, and that prevents God's kingdom from emerging. That's why I often say, do the next thing you know to be right and trust God to be with you. Just do the next thing you know to be right, what Jesus said to do. In this case, tell the truth and trust God to be with you. Because when God acts with you and for you, you are accessing grace. You don't earn or merit God's action. You don't earn or merit God's grace by your obedience. You simply allow God's grace into the situation. Think, for example, of Psalm 37.4, such a, a popular verse and a great verse. Psalm 37.4 says, Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, to take delight in the Lord is to love God and God's ways. That's what it really means. To delight in the Lord means, I love you, Lord, and I love your ways, and I want to follow your ways. And that manifests itself in obedience. And then the obedience leads to what? God will give you the desires of your heart. What kind of desires? The kind that I've been describing. The deepest desires of the needs of your soul. To be a good person. To walk in truth and love. To be the kind of person who lets their light shine to bless other people. That's your deepest desire. And that's why Psalm 37.4 makes so much sense. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Because when we obey the true desires of our heart, the deep longings of our soul will be ours. And it's all an act of grace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I hope you'll join me next time for episode 126. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith, and you can learn more about this podcast. And if you'd like to donate to the Things About Podcast, you can. You can do so on our website, apprenticeinstitute.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. 
My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind, your answer will be, things above.